Road trips are better with a snack. It's a fact. And what's better than a snack on a road trip? How about a free snack on a road trip? That's right, free. Because right now, for a limited time, you can get up to two free snacks a week when you fill up at Pilot Flying J. It's easy. Just download the My Rewards Plus app, join the free snack challenge, and when you're done filling, it's time to start snacking. So grab your phone and download My Rewards Plus now. See PilotFlyingJ.com for terms and conditions. On another exciting episode of the Animation Deliberation Podcast, just as we thought that our team was going to be considering retirement, they get dragged right back into the Imperial drama. We're going to talk about Bad Batch right after these ads we have no control over. Ah, the open road, the wind in your hair, and the world in your rearview mirror. And the best part, the free snacks. That's right, free snacks. Because right now, for a limited time, at Pilot Flying J, you can get a free snack when you fill up. Just download the My Rewards Plus app, join the free snack challenge, and after you fill, the snack is yours. Just our way to make your journey a little sweeter or saltier, depending on the snack. See PilotFlyingJ.com for terms and conditions. Sing along if you know the words. Animation, deliberation, a conversation, and a celebration of our favorite action animated series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, welcome back to another episode of Animation Deliberation, the podcast where we take action animation and cartoon seriously, but not too seriously. We are your hosts. I am Zuhara Lee. My name is Jay Scotty St. Clair. And I'm Andrew Rogers. We asked and you all delivered. We wanted your thoughts on what you thought of the season of Bad Batch and just wanted to hear from you guys more. And we have a flurry of feedback to go through. But before that, we just have one quick tiny announcement. So we are doing a structure change within the show. Um, We are talking about so that we're able to give more time to episodes of content and movies and stuff. We were going to have a weekly episode that is just the news and the feedback and the animated. So that way we can have like everybody coming together. We don't have some people who just come in for the Star Wars stuff and just come in for the anime stuff. And we love listening to y'all's thoughts and stuff that you guys are watching. So we're going to have like this weekly episode that's just, you know, the, 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 the social life of the show with our listeners. So we're going to give more details as we get it together, but we are excited to have that with you guys and if there's any thoughts that you have on it then please send us an email at animation deliberation podcast at gmail.com yep and just to piggyback off that real quickly basically what you can expect to see are more episodes in your feed per week with fewer or less wait time between the release of the properties you're passionate about um, if you have additional ideas please uh, submit that feedback just as Zuhair requested we strive to serve <laughs> All right, first bit of feedback. Yes, indeed, from TJ Stafford. He writes in saying, I haven't been sending in much feedback for Bad Batch because I haven't really had much to say about it. It's been fine. Some of the episodes have been wonderful. Some have been episodes. I have fun with each outing, but I don't deny wishing for some greater contributions to the greater Star Wars universe. But I'll take what I can get. As for the rest of the season, I'm hoping to see the conflict with Sid settled and Crosshair rescued. Personally, I think it's time for Crosshair to rejoin the team. I think that's why Echo really left, to free up a bunk on the Marauder. But we shall see what the rest of the season brings. Keep up the good work, and may the Force be with you. And with you. Thank you, TJ. Yeah, that is an interesting theory. Um, 
I'm trying not to respond by talking about today's episode, you know, to add to that speculation. So I, I really don't have much to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard uh, to dance around it, but uh, I, I think I'm on the same page with TJ um, as we've kind of spoken about in previous episodes. It's been a season and a show of highs and lows, uh, but, you know, I, I think there's at least something to enjoy in every single outing, even if mm-hmm. they don't knock my socks off. And um, as for the fate of Crosshair and Echo, uh, I will reserve my thoughts until we get into the spoiler section of this episode, because I, I do think their ultimate fates may be tied. That's all I'll say. Yeah, there it's very hard to dance around things with this feedback. So I'm sure we'll have more thoughts for you. But, you know, glad to know that you're still along for the ride, TJ. It's just it's always hard when we don't hear from some of you. We know you're <laughs> out there, but it's we're just waiting for that message, just like Omega to, you know, come through here at the end. <laughs> All right, so we're going to keep going so that we don't have to shadow dance any further. <laughs> so next feedback from Andre Spark. Excuse me. Next feedback from Andre Sparks. Hey guys, after seeing the Pablo episode, I think I can finally guess how this will end. Sid will try and turn the Bad Batch, but instead the Empire will try to kill her to keep their existence quiet. She will then call them for assistance, and Omega gets them to change their mind and help her. It turns out, it's a trap! (laughs) They are captured and taken, and then it's up to the now-reformed Crosshair to save the Bad Batch and lead them out. Once out, they get a call from Rex and Echo, who have one final mission to stop the cloning experiment and save the scientists. Once they do, they retreat to the island of Pabu to never be seen again. Until the live-action Ahsoka series. Thoughts? Keep up the great work. Shimmy, shimmy, shimmy. <laughs> My number... I, I can, you know, really dance around this one without spoilers. My number one thought on this of them showing up in live-action is as much as Tamara Morrison has done a great job of playing the live-action clones, I feel like we need to get this moment, finally, of Dee Bradley Baker in live-action, specifically as tech. I think he oh, has man. much more of the physique that he could pull off the tech while you have Tamara Morrison come in and still do Wrecker and have this interesting balance of these are the clones that look slightly different from everything we knew before. I think it would be super fun to get at least one of them in live action. But like I said, D. Bradley Baker needs his chance. Uh, not too spoilery for the Mandalorian, but we did get a famous voice actor to come back in the Mandalorian this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think D. Bradley needs his turn. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of him, and I do agree they would fit the crosshair vibe. Crosshair or tech, or both? Uh, tech, excuse me. <laughs> oh, okay, no problem. Honestly, could be both. Yeah, could yeah. They, they probably look the most alike out of the batch, I guess. But <laughs> um, no, as, as far as Andre's speculation here goes, I, I actually really like the pitch, and I kind of hope it's not one of those situations where we as podcasters and, and fans you know, sell a better story than what's actually presented, but... What I really like about it is it it ties up all these loose ends that we seemingly have at this moment, um, especially with Crosshair and the conflict with Sid. My only misgiving with it is the happily ever after on Pabu. I don't know how likely Mm -hmm. that is, given like what we know about the Empire in in the franchise going forward. So and uh, I can't remember if a season three was like confirmed to be in the works at the same time as season two or or what. But sure. yeah, I, you know, anything could happen, especially um, depending on the reception for this season overall and the shakeups at Star Wars in general. Who knows what's going to happen? But 
yeah, I, I like the pitch. I just don't know if it'll be that happy ending of a story. Maybe more bittersweet. Um, yeah, we'll Maybe see. Maybe not all of them will have their happy ending. Right, right. Um, the way that you said Batch reminded me of this conversation of somebody I'll keep unnamed. And I got a text saying, Bad Batch, why do they look different if they're clones? And I was like, because they're a bad batch of clones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great conversation. Glad uh, we can that up. <laughs> just as two snares and a symbol fall off a cliff. <laughs> okay. Moving on. And moving on. Nothing to see here. <laughs> nothing to see here. And our last piece of feedback coming from Jordan Boyd. Hey all, I'm definitely one of those people who tune in mostly for Star Wars and Marvel, but that just comes to those are the ones that I watch regularly. I tend to only listen to podcasts about stuff I've seen. You guys are great. One thing that I feel needs to be mentioned is that while Bad Batch can be taken very seriously and is a great watch, it still is slash was made to be a kid's show. So while some of the stuff may seem silly or slow, kind of childish, it's meant to be. So far, while I haven't loved every episode, I still think every single one has been necessary. Each has at least one plot point that is moving towards a hopefully big finality. Stuff laying the seeds for their break away from Sid, looking at the race episode, establishing Fee as a character slash romance interest for Tech, the artifact one, or giving the 99 a glimpse of a better life, the latest Pabu episode. I will definitely keep tuning in for more. And thanks for that, Jordan. Yeah, thanks for writing in, and um, thanks for checking in whenever we cover stuff that you're into. The The beauty of this being a deliberation is the one thing that I... I don't want to say I can't agree on, but I think I wish it wasn't this way, is that I felt like Clone Wars was a kid's show that they made in a way to appeal to the heavy Star Wars fans, and they did a good job. And it seems like they're flipping that around for bad batch where it's like this being a disney plus series and then putting the resources and time into it you would think it's made for star wars fans that just kind of have a couple of things that appeal to kids like you know wrecker and omega sharing the little popcorn thing and just having those childish moments right Mm -hmm. um the little the little gimmicks like the droids in clone wars were the thing that like made it kid friendly a lot of the time so it it bothers me that the show had success to the extent that they put this much into it but still consider it a kids show right and that could be disney being disney but like that's that's just one of the things that bothers me about it i i didn't want to accept that this was a kids show and Mm -hmm. if that's the direction they're going in that that just kind of bums me out a little it it makes me think, and you know, I'll provide the caveat that we've said on this show, like animation is not just for kids, but in some instances mm-hmm. it is made for kids and that's okay. But I, I think about how like George Lucas talked about when he made Star Wars, he made Star Wars for a, a young target audience. It was, you know, generally sure. targeted towards like a 12, 13 year old uh, person so that like it, he made most of his money off of the toys that, you know, yeah. Star Wars generated. But I feel like especially that originally original trilogy was able to capture the imagination of of a young person as well as a a more mature person, and I, I again I think that's where one of the problems with the epi- the series as a whole is is just the the varying tone and like giving us these moments that feel like they're really like not pulling punches and then to find out after the fact oh the punch was actually pulled like I'm thinking of like the Kaminoan um, 
senator. The fact that like mm-hmm. uh, just a couple episodes before we saw him again, we were like, oh, he dead. It's like, oh, yeah. he's not yeah. actually dead. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And I, I want to not disagree with Zuhair, but kind of tack onto that point of, I think at the beginning, Star Wars, the Clone Wars was a hundred percent a kid's show. Oh, you had yeah. this very childish Ahsoka. The droids were saying Roger Roger episode, every Never episode. Never heard Yoda talk that much in my life. Yeah. Jar Jar was like a big part of the first season. Yeah. You know, nothing against, but was very much tailored toward children. By the last few seasons, I can remember the slaver arc was this huge upheaval where they're talking about genocide and how you treat other people. And then suddenly you look at the last season of the Clone Wars where the Bad Batch was introduced, arguably the most adult season of the show altogether, because you have Ahsoka having to kill her fellow clones and all of these different things. So I think it's the expectational difference that they introduced them at a very dark point in the series so yeah. when they gave the Bad Batch their own series, I think that was why I went in with this. Oh, it's going to be a bit of a darker story of this Bad Batch of clones that is going to do all these things. Like, I agree it has turned out to be a kid's show, but I think it's the fact that we all went in thinking it wasn't going to be a kid's show that we're like, oh, man, this is, you know, what it is like. Disney, I think, needs to work on separating their demographics because, like, looking back at What If, I remember that being a huge complaint from a couple of friends of mine that are parents mm. is their kids watch the first, like, one or two episodes with Captain Carter and T'Challa, <laughs> and they're like, oh, this is fun. And then the third episode, the Avengers die. The fourth right. episode, Doctor Strange goes evil. Like they suddenly couldn't let their kids watch that anymore. <laughs> and I know those same people. I've talked to them about Bad Batch with their kids, and they're like, "Oh wait, my kids can like watch that show. It's totally good." Like some point during the first season, I was like, "Yeah, no, they're totally good to go." And I think it's we talk about Disneyfying, but Disney is not even good at setting those boundaries themselves. So yeah, it's hard for us to even figure out where they lie because I yeah. don't think Disney knows where they lie. Yeah, Disney just needs to have age restrictions and if you're not a responsible parent that puts that on your kid then it's that's don't let us suffer for that (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) for sure but i really do appreciate this feedback because it did help me put things back in perspective of oh yeah we are talking about a show probably for a different audience than us i think it's one of those things where it's like i don't want to accept that this is a kid's show but it definitely has more kid episodes if that makes sense. Yeah, I, th- I think yeah. it's a, a, a fair assessment. It could just be denial. Like, no one has to agree <laughs> with me on that. That could just be my <laughs> denial in hoping that they do better with it. But um, the show as a whole, like, if you put everything together, I absolutely love it. And I'm, I think I'm just, like, at, like, a three and a half out of five. Okay. for it because okay. of those because those slower episodes temper down but when it's good it's good we're well, gonna get into the episode but i do want to say that like this is airing currently with mandalorian i like this episode of bad batch more than i like the mandalorian episode uh are you referring to the most recent episode of the mandalorian or yeah oh interesting okay i'll, I'll leave it at that Okay, well, uh, I was going to use the segue of you saying absolutely loving it, and when it's good, it's good. That's the perfect perfect time to transition to the episode synopsis. Uh, spoilers for how I feel about this episode, but we are discussing <laughs> Season 2, Episode 14, titled Tipping Point. And the synopsis reads as, Several clones in prison for disobedience against the Empire, including Hauser, are rescued by a group of rogue clones led by Rex, Echo, and Gregor. 
and are brought to Coruscant. There, Senator Chuchi questions them about their intended fate. With only a few encrypted data scraps recovered in the raid, Echo rejoins the Bad Batch on Pabu. On Mount Tantus, the transport's destination, Crosshair is interrogated by Hemlock about the whereabouts of the Batch, specifically Omega. He escapes in an unattended moment and sends a warning to his former Codrads before being recaptured and subjected to more intense torture. After receiving the message and analyzing the data, Echo recovered, the Batch learns about the existence of the Empire's secret advanced science division. I love how in the episode that we had Haley on for, we were all geeking about how hot Hauser looked with his haircut. Like, they had no right to make him look that good. And then he just comes back like, you rang. (laughs) (laughs) I was so excited to see him and Gregor in this. Like, Gregor definitely has, like, a unique voice because he's just a little more of a psychopath. Mm -hmm. And um, getting him coming back, you know, seeing Rex and Echo and what they're off to on the side and just... I mean, can we talk about how insanely detailed the opening sequence was? Like, I watched Mandalorian first this time and went into this, and I was like, am I still watching live action until, like, Mm -hmm. a human's face came up? Like, oh my god, did it look amazing. I had the exact same thought. I was like, you could put the, like, dogfight scenes from the Mandalorian side by side with this, and it would be hard Uh, to determine the difference. They were just flexing at the beginning. You could tell they were like, let's take a little longer on some of these shots. Let's show them what we got. (laughs) We need to redeem ourselves from time to time for the way Zoo talks about us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, I am a big fan of this episode. And one of the things I noticed about this episode is that it did what I think a lot of my favorite shows do that have a lot of different storylines and a lot of different characters. I think... Previously, this show has a habit of just focusing on, we'll just have a crosshair episode or we'll just have a batch episode. This Mm -hmm. episode, we were actively hopping around in between multiple parties, including Rex and Echo's party. And in that sense, I thought it gave it a much more cinematic feel. And I felt like the pacing was a lot better. And it actually, I'm going to keep making these comparisons because it's, you know, fresh on the mind, but I've been watching Game of Thrones and Game of Thrones has so many storylines and so many characters to balance that an, an hour episode kind of flies by because you're it's again the pacing you're not spending too much time with the same characters and getting to bounce around it really sells the scale of this star wars universe instead of the stories feeling a little bit smaller like they have been so um in that sense i thought it was great to get forward progress on pretty much all of the storylines we're looking at right now and i i came away really satisfied in that sense it's so oh. interesting No, I was just going to say that we have, it seems like always differing opinions because I'm sitting here like this episode is fine. I don't hate it. I don't love it, but it feels more like the ramp to get to the answer as opposed to the actual answer that I want to get. So like it has me really excited to watch next week, but I'm not over the moon about this episode. I'm like, oh, okay, you just have my intrigue. Now, how do you execute on this intrigue? So Yeah, I I don't have any complaints about it. I'm just like, oh, I wanted more, which I guess in and of itself is a complaint, but it's a good complaint (laughs) to have. Like, let's go. Let's get more of this. But I agree. The pacing was so much better. Like they told an interesting story in an interesting way. It was just like I said, I wanted to get more resolution than what we got of just like, hmm, is it a trap or not? Like, tell me the answer. Is it a trap? Let's go. Come on. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I love how we were just talking about if this is a children's show or not. 
and when we talk about the serious episodes, the youngest of the three of us is like, eh. (laughs) (laughs) But he was talking about how much he loved the Moana episode last week. I had a great time. Uh, you're really proving something for you here, Jordan. Yeah, you're putting things in a weird perspective all of a sudden. I'm questioning everything. Write in more. We're learning a lot about ourselves. Uh, yeah, this is my therapy. That's what this is. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, early plug. Um, so I've been talking with Matthew Carroll on Bingers Assemble about the John Wick movies because there's a new one coming out this weekend, and that's one of that's been one of the 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 common themes is the way that they utilize tempo. Because whenever there's a point in any of the stories where they're explaining something, they have it overlaying with, like, the stuff that's going on so that you're not too drawn out and there aren't, like, too many slow periods. And I think, like, that mindset really adds on to the way that you described it, Jay Scotty, is that, like, in other episodes, we would have them walking around the beach planet or watching them mine or figure, you know, record freaking out about heights or mm-hmm. there's something going on to kill that time mm-hmm. where in this one, like it really felt go, go, go. And I don't think I really thought about it until you brought it up just now, but that does add to just the, the high intensity that they're capable of doing, but they just don't execute on a weekly basis. Yeah. Ever since you brought up, uh, John Wick. All all my mind has been like going over. So I want crosshair. Like the batch keeps asking him if I'm back. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. <laughs> Put that clip up for me being back at work. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I, I want to give praise also to. We mentioned him uh, the first time Hemlock, Hemlock uh, made an appearance, but the voice actor Jimmy Simpkins getting to spend more time with this character this time around. I was just so sold on what an incredible job he's doing like that is top tier voice performance there like he is selling me on the sadistic nature of this character and you can tell yeah. like his his motivations like he this is like truly fascinating for him and like the little look of glee he got when he got to like try his new toxins out or or, or something like that and uh, it's just even when he goes toe to toe with like somebody like Tarkin, I find myself being more creeped out by him than Tarkin. Like mm-hmm. that's just saying in a short amount of time, you have like done such a great job of creating and embodying this unsettling character. So um, I, I liked Rampart and I, in retrospect, I can see how Rampart served his purpose and ended up being expendable just to show us how callous the empire can be even to its own. Uh, but I, I really like the way Hemlock is being set up as this like big bad, especially with his sights on Omega, who has always been the one that we're trying to protect in this show. I'll take a bonus episode of the show of just Hemlock and Grand Admiral Thawn sitting at like a whiskey bar together, just chatting. Like <laughs> oh. I could listen to those two voice actors talk for an hour. That's that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that would be phenomenal. And he just has really, like you said, Jay Scott, to become a villain so quickly. Like, I hate him just immediately. I'm like, wow, this person is terrible. They are absolutely, you know, just I abhor them. But I think it's the fact. I hope you get stepped by an car. Yeah, but I think it's the fact that, like, 
it's so vile but not mustache twirly like i didn't feel like yeah. he was simple i could see mm-hmm. the layers to what was going on and why he was doing it and how he believed what he was doing without any of that having to be explained and like it's that weird magic that we so often talk about oh, i hate how this villain was this or wasn't that i can't explain how they do it right i have figured that out very quickly with characters like this but they just found the magic and they did it and i absolutely love it mm. And uh, also on the note of voice actors, because we're given Jimmy Simpkins' credit, which he also deserves. I think the sheer number of clones that we had in this episode, D. Bradley Baker knocked it out of the park. It was like halfway through and I was just listening to how different and distinct Echo was to Hunter to Tech as the three of them were having a conversation. And I was like, this is one person. I can tell you without looking at the screen which one of these characters is talking. And it's one person having this conversation with himself in a booth. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. And he deserves so, so, so much credit for that. Like, continue to not forget the man, the myth, and the legend himself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Always remember. Did he die? No, he's just a badass. I can't get over it every week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention Crosshair. Like, yeah, yes, that's, that's, that. yeah, yeah. So that's just such a unique voice. But yeah, yeah, definitely kudos to D. Bradley Baker. And um, again, if he has the opportunity to translate over to the live action side of things, like I don't really care who he plays, but like, you know, if he was able to bring to life one of these characters he, that he has brought to life for so long mm-hmm. um, and so well, that would be, that would be great. But um, I do want to talk a little bit um, about Crosshair and his whole journey on this episode. Like, how are we feeling about it? Does it feel earned that he might be on this redemptive arc? Um, yeah. Just what are your thoughts? Because I find myself being pretty – I had you asked me like not too many episodes ago – I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been on board, but the way they've woven the story and like mm-hmm. really shown how he's fallen out of the Empire's graces and has been subject to torture and experimentation, and now in hindsight he can kind of see how he forewent the family that he that he always had and some of his regrets. Now I, I think it's being played very well. I I think it is. I would have liked more episodes for it because we only got two and granted there were two incredible episodes it would have been nice to see the progression more of him starting to question like why he's on the empire side and that it is more than just good soldiers follow orders so yes i think he is earning this redemption because we see how much he's gone through to get to this point and how much he's had to endure to finally be like you know what this isn't the right thing like i need to just go find my brothers and kind of find like my new purpose Yeah, um, I tend to agree that I would have wanted more out of it. But I think at the end of the day, like, even if they didn't give us this bunch of episodes to slowly set up that he doesn't, you know, get along with the Empire anymore, I still think he would have done these same actions in this way. Like, the way that we ended off last season, he didn't hate the Batch. He just said, no, I still respect and want to work for the Empire. You guys do your own thing. So suddenly after being tortured and them asking for Omega, he's not going to sell them out because, you know, he genuinely still cares about them, even if he's not necessarily on their side. So I I definitely don't have questions about him sending the message and being like, hey, you are in danger, like, be careful 
the rest of what happens from here, I think, is going to be where we really see whether or not he earns it. But I think they've woven with very little a very, very compelling story to say, yes, he has. Um, yeah, I I don't know how else to say it besides like they did a good job, but I don't want to give them the credit because they should have done a better job. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get too much into Mandalorian, but there has been a lot of like good dialogue of like why certain people like the Empire. And us as an audience are told that the Empire is like the bad guys, right? So it's super important that in season one of this show and in certain other shows, like they talk about like why people like the Empire, why they stick with it, the benefits of it and this and that. Uh, So it's it's not ridiculously insane for him to be like, this is the life that I've known they're giving me an opportunity to maintain it i know how to be a soldier i'm gonna stick around and just you know do what i need to do until i have a reason to think otherwise and it's great that this progression of crosshair is happening while watching an episode that's continuing the story of like the clones rights and where is this prison camp that they're being taken to and why are they being treated this way why are they prisoners for you know blinking at somebody wrong so i think if it wasn't tied into that story like if they didn't continue that parallel of those things happening at the same time maybe it wouldn't have hit the same mm-hmm. but because of the timing and for once good pacing we're getting like validation of why crosshair is making these moves yeah I, I think it was before it was pretty easy to villainize uh crosshair even if we understood where he was coming from but i think more and more as i get further removed from it i realize that he's more of a tragic character in the sense that like mm-hmm. he's he's a sniper that's what he's good at and at a certain level like not having to question what he does probably offers him some solace and allows him to like sleep at night and that's that goes for all the cl- clones really like they you hear it from hunter like we're soldiers and um the mayor on Pabu asked him, but is that all you are? Like, can't you be mm-hmm. more than a soldier? Um, so in in that sense, uh, the fact that he's actually having to have a conscious now and like, granted, it took a lot for him to get to that point. Um, I, again, like I can only say that, like, I, I hear where you're coming from, where it would have been nice to have a few more episodes to flesh that out. But um, what we're presented with, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty happy with. Uh, and when we got some feedback, I kind of teased that I thought Crosshair's fate may be tied to Echo. And it's in that sense that, like, again, bringing up Andre's feedback about this, like, seemingly happy ending. Like, I just don't see it in the cards for Crosshair or Echo, really, because Echo has really, like, come forth as saying, like, this is all about my brothers. Like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to save my brother. So I would just, I kind of see the story trajectory there that he is going to like make a sacrifice play for his brothers. And I could see Crosshair having to do the same kind of thing to finally redeem himself. So like there's this talk about this open spot on the Marauder. Maybe one of the two of them will go back, but I think there's going to be an open spot on the Marauder. Cause I think in rebels, the group that we meet up with is Rex, Gregor, and Wolf. Okay. Yeah, I think that's correct. I don't but know. Echo was part of Rex's original team, so mm-hmm. who knows? But at the time, Echo was 
yeah. assumed dead in Clone Wars and then they brought him back. And yeah, yeah, you know, prequels are weird like that. <laughs> There's a lot of those questions. But um, before we get too far away from uh, villainizing the Empire, there's one character that I was sitting there thinking, I want to know what this person's deal is. And that was the guards in the torture chamber, because we talk about how, you know, easy it is to villainize the Empire or whatever it is like. What story is the Empire spinning to these regular soldiers and regular people that they can just openly abduct, arrest and torture clones in front of other people and have them be like, yep, this is a thing we should be doing because like, yeah, the doctor knows that he's doing this for some greater cause, but like you have to spin some story to get all of these other people also on board with it. And that's part of where, where I'm just like, what is actually going on in this world? That that mm. guy is just standing there like, hey, uh, doctor, stop. Don't stop torturing him. Our orders were to keep going until he talks like I know you got orders, but that's a lot, man. What are you do- what are you doing? Good soldiers follow orders. <laughs> I don't want to spin off too hard for what you're bringing up, but it does make me think of that other character. I can't remember her name, but the doctor with the red tinted glasses that crosshair spared. It seems like she Well, obviously she appreciates the fact that she wasn't killed, but it seems like she sees Crosshair for more than just a piece of Imperial property. And I'm really curious about what role she's going to play, because like, just like you brought up the line of dialogue, like the doctor said to keep keep going until he breaks. And she's like, he won't have information to give to us if he dies. So the fact that she seems she seems like a somewhat redeemable character that she would swear allegiance to this guy, like maybe her quest for knowledge or pursuit of her research is her toxic trait. Uh, No pun intended (laughs) there, but uh, yeah, as far as, as far as the, um, the way the public may view clones at this point, I, I, I do think it is just that like they're just viewed as property Um, we saw it in the last episode with crosshair where he killed his commanding officer, which, you know, they said afterwards, like, I commend that as initiative, which I, I thought was pretty great because that guy it was nice to see. Him. I wasn't on that episode, but it was nice to see him get his just desserts. And even like the officer that was in charge of the abduction at the beginning of the episode, I noticed like with this show or Star Wars in general, if you want to know someone's evil, just listen to the way they say schedule. It's like we have a, <laughs> we have a schedule to keep. Okay, you're an evil guy, but oh um, my I, gosh, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'll stop. <laughs> You're going with the bad guys are British. <laughs> Very British. Uh, oh my god. Uh, what did you guys think of uh, Tech being the driving instructor to get the tech turn? The tech turn. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When she said that, I was like, is that when you cut power, make a sharp turn and pick it back up? Oh, there we go. Punch yep. it. <laughs> she was driving fast. Like, I don't think we've ever seen the red trails coming off the Marauder that hard. But every time she gunned it, it was just full red out the back. <laughs> yeah. I love how Echo was just like, oh, so he kept up with the training, race you to the landing zone. And you, I love that they actually animated this, but where she was landing, there's people like under the ship, like freaking out and trying to move out of the way. <laughs> just watching them flailing their arms and just constantly turning around in panic just had me dying when I was watching that yesterday. <laughs> they did put a lot of effort into the background characters of Pavu. 
uh, this time around. They they just all had something <laughs> going on to interact with the batch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure I have anything else. I think that's all I got as well. Yeah, the tech turn was literally the last note that I had. <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, we direct you to turn your attention to all the places that you can reach out to us, including the email we mentioned at the top of the episode, animation deliberation podcast at gmail.com. It's a wonderful place to, sub- to submit some feedback. So please do so. And then you can also follow us on all of our social medias. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at animation deliberation, as well as on Twitter at animation delib one. And to top off all of that, you can also now find animation deliberation on strandedpanda.com. That's right. Uh, We have fully updated the website. Um, are we are listed as well as the three of us as hosts you have a bio on all of us so if you are new around here you can read up a little bit if you really want to as well as uh, you can find our personal socials and stuff there I made a Twitter just in the event that any of you did want to communicate <laughs> with me and or one of you wants to trade me a ducklet because I can't find a ducklet anywhere so if somebody wants to help me out in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet uh, hit me up oh. on Twitter Yes, no, I just want a duck in general, Zuhair. Uh, <laughs> not a duck. I didn't know what a quaxley was. Duck-lets okay, I can get you one. a quaxley. Jesus. We can make that happen. <laughs> but if you did want to follow me, that's uh, Andrew Rogers AD uh, on Twitter. <laughs> a is in animation. D is in deliberation. Ooh. Yeah, I have all three. I'll just, I'll, I'll get it to make a baby for you. Well, this is getting weird. Uh, anything yeah, else you want to put? Come on, man. <laughs> uh actually i will continue on with plugs as we're making jokes here um this past week i was featured once more on uh the source pages podcast you don't get to hear these words often so wallow in them while you can zuhair i was wrong uh the shazam movie was fantastic i was not going into it with high expectations so if you want to hear all of my thoughts on how uh fun of a movie that was totally check uh uh check out source pages and uh Anything else that you guys were on or have upcoming? Yeah, I definitely um, know that you're wrong a lot. It's just nice to hear you admit it from time to time. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so the usual, if you want to hear us talk about sports and it's just me dying of laughter every episode, 323 with Reed Murphy, anywhere you find your podcast. And also, as I mentioned, I was joining Matt Carroll on Binger's Assemble, which is also a Strain of Panic show. Did the first three chapters of John Wick. We got the new one coming out in theaters this weekend, and we will have a new episode for that coming shortly after. As for myself, I will just continue to tease. There is a new show in the works for the Stranded Panda Network that uh, I am heavily involved with, and that should be, uh, we should have some announcements and some news to share about that sooner rather than later. So I look forward to it, and thank you as always for tuning in. That's T-O-O-N-I-N. As always, stay whelmed. Until next week, muscle muscle. Thank you for listening to the Animation Deliberation Podcast, a proud member of the Stranded Panda Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at animationdelib1. For this and other great shows, you can visit strandedpanda.com or join the great community that is the Stranded Panda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash svchat. Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed. 
could put your money into one of those online-only banks. But what happens when you need help? Is that chatbot really going to step up? There's a better option. Delta Community Credit Union. Right now, you can get a one-year CD at 4% APY or a two-year CD at 4.1% APY. And unlike the online-only banks, you also get helpful, real people ready to assist you in branch or on the phone. Visit deltacommunitycu.com to learn more. Insured by the NCUA. Minimum balance of $1,000 to earn annual percentage yield. When it's time for an adventure on the open highway, one quick call to American Family Insurance gets you headed in the right direction. Our travel peace of mind package is there if you encounter a bump in the road. From roadside assistance to rental car coverage, we have you covered. Find a local agent or get a quote at amfam.com. American Family Insurance. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.